All right, and we're back. Gary here, founder of Hopped LA, and we are running through our top 10 favorite LA beers that we drank in 2020. I'm joined by Russell from thebeertravelguide.com, and we had such a good time going through this list and reminiscing about all of these awesome beers that the podcast ran too long and we had to split it into two episodes. So if you missed part one, stop right now, go back and check that one out. But in this episode, we're getting into our top five beers. This is a really fun one. There's some really great beers that we go over here, and I can't wait for you guys to hear all about them. So enjoy. Um, well, I've got I've got mine that's outside of L.A. County uh, right now. I can't wait to hear okay. it. Okay, now this is... Man, I, I kind of like feel some kind of way about this. We're going to... This might inspire a, a deeper conversation, but... We're going to see where this goes. I'm going to go with King's Brewing and Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going with one of their Froze's, <laughs> the Froze Purple Rain. Now, did I expect, as a man who, generally speaking, has not embraced the fruited sour movement, did I expect to be singing the praises of something like this? No, I did not. Certainly not. Um are, are these beers kind of expensive? Yes, they are. <laughs> you know, are, is there, is there a lot of hype here? Do they probably need me to be talking about them? No, they do not. Right. Uh, they have a, an incredibly loyal fan base, uh, an incredibly rabid fan base uh, that loves what they do. And, and I could tell because they shared uh, uh, the best California beers of 2020 list that I did when they shared it, all of a sudden my website got so many new followers in the span of literally like, like 10 minutes. So, I mean, like they're they're the people who are down for like that froze life are legit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they're, they're really, really into it, but I have never been a fruited sour guy. I'm a barrel aged guy through and through. Didn't, didn't expect to have I've, I've had good fruited sours in the past ones that i've enjoyed never really enjoyed as much as the barrel stuff um and so we had our first experience at king's brewing this year and i i wrote in the article about this i went in with some trepidation because you know again it's definitely a place with hype it's known for these these smoothie sours these fruited sours you know uh i i was a skeptic admittedly going in and so when I had this Froze Purple Rain, <laughs> you remember that scene at the end of Ratatouille where the critic eats the food and all of a sudden he's like sucked back to his childhood? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what this did for me. Like, you know, I, I'm still a fruited sour skeptic in general. I've had too many bad ones to, to feel like it's something that deserves the instant pass. But this was incredible. <laughs> this was an incredible beer. Uh, the best way to describe it is tart grape Kool-Aid. I mean, and that's going to, that's going to make some people like throw their table over, you know, like that's not beer. That's not, you know what, it, like, and I get it, you know, <laughs> like I've, I've been on that side of the argument, but if it's good, it doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. if it's, if it's delicious and it, and it, makes you feel a certain kind of way and, and it puts you in a story and it, and it gives you that, you know, that, that warm feeling. And that's what this beer did for me. I, um, I definitely was sucked back to like, you know, my days of after like, 
you know, a soccer game drinking like grape Kool-Aid and, you know, maybe eating an orange slice or whatever, you know, I don't know. Right. (laughs) But like it, it really does what it sets out to do. Uh, And even if you're not like a big fan of the style, I think understanding that that is accomplished and it's accomplished incredibly well uh, definitely gives it tremendous merit. Uh, I asked a lot of questions when I was there to the people there because it was my first time and because it's not really my style necessarily. Mm-hmm. They were very gracious. They totally understood. They answered a lot of questions. Um, they didn't, they didn't know me from Adam, obviously. Um, but you know, they were just really cool dudes. Uh, very nice, very, uh, understanding of my skepticism, frankly. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and the reason why I think this could lead to like a, something broader is I'm, I'm sure there are styles for which you are a skeptic, you know, how often do you find yourself revisiting those styles when they come in in the form of beers that you have heard very good things about even in the face of your skepticism right do you do you find yourself pushing yourself outside of those limits of what you want or what you expect terribly frequently i i feel like i don't enough yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of comes down to like, how much are you willing to work to seek them out and to find them and to get them? So in that respect, like, I don't have a ton of bandwidth for like exploring outside of sure. my lane, um, which my lane is LA beer and Kings is outside of that. Not um, by far, according to your metric. Yeah. I believe uh, the one that you have coming up later is technically they, further outside of the LA County line than Kingsborough. Oh, did you, did you look that I, up? You bet your sweet butt I measured. <laughs> I, I grew, I was born and raised in the West Valley. So it was like a 20 minute drive more part. I went to co- the yeah. community college in Moore park right next to Ennegrin. So yeah. uh, now, I was ready to leave this off for something else. But when, when you said that, and I looked at how far you know, uh, more park was, I'm, I'm glad I you was have like, it. this. I'm glad you this have is it. technically there. I'm glad you have yeah. it a lot because uh, I had one of their beer Kings beers at juicy brews festival earlier this year in January. Yeah. And um, it was called puff puff pass Frosé, I think. Yes. I had the same. Yes. It was yeah. really, really good. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't, I can't tell you why I enjoyed it or what made it enjoyable but it was a very balanced beer that had a great tart fruit sweet character i don't want it again i'm not trying to seek it out i haven't had visions of getting cans and trading them like i but i can't fault you for having them on this list because i remember really liking that beer and i remember being like i think you i really don't want this beer What's that? I think you you told me to seek it out when we were at that festival. I was like, yeah. what, have, what have you had that you really liked? I think that's what you mentioned to me. It was surprising. It was surprising for yeah. sure. You you Hold on one sec. You just got really quiet. Can you hear me now? Yeah, good? but it's kind of, it's still really quiet. Did something change? I don't think so. Test, test, test. All right. Maybe, maybe you just weren't far. We were, we were far enough away or something. Yeah, let me make sure that my I'm still on the right mic. Yeah. Can you hear me okay now? 
It's really quiet. It's compared compared to earlier. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Here, should I un? Should I just un just hit it? Just plug? just just give it a slap. Test test test. <laughs> test. Oh, quiet. Uh, yeah, we'll just keep recording and then uh, Conrad will. Conrad will. Oh, wait, fix let me it. let me let me let me see if I can. All right, two seconds. It's done this a couple times, and this is like the lowest it's gone. Oh shit, that's not good. Oh, there you uh, are. You're back. Okay, now I just un I just unplugged my my microphone microphone. This oh, is okay. just my this oh, is okay. just my computer. Do you okay. want me to just rock this? Is this better? If the mic doesn't pick it back up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let me let me plug back in, and you can tell yeah, yeah. me if it's if it goes back or not. All right. right. Uh, let's see if I even get that option. I may not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am not convinced I'm going to get that option again. If let's not, see. then let's just keep keep moving because you sound really good right now. Test, test, test. Yeah, it's re- it got really low. Interesting. What if I do? It did this. It did this a couple of times throughout, but this is like the lowest it's gone, and it kind of like has come back. What about now? It's weird. No, it's still really low. All right, I'll 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 just I'll go back to the. Uh... Uh, I'll just go to this. Yeah. Just. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah sounds Sorry. good. Let's just keep going. Um. So yeah, we were on Frosé. And I yeah. think, yeah, I'll pick it back up. Cool. I, I think the, the biggest challenge that I face when I go to new places is when they say to me, what we're known for is our milkshake IPA, right? Or what we are known for is our smoothie sour, or what we are known for is, you know, just something that I tend to not, or like, when they say that their barrel aged stout is like really bourbony or like something like that, you know, like things that I just tend to not really go for. And, you know, I can, I can count so many times that they've told me to do the milkshake IPA and I can count so many times where it has not been good. And I, uh, to me, maybe not to everybody, but to me. And, but I can also count probably even if it's just on one hand, the times I've had a milkshake IPA and been like, well, damn, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's a small, it's a bad ratio, but I always wonder whether uh, I'm trying that enough, right? If if I just sort of restrict myself too much sometimes because I don't think necessarily that a smoothie sour tastes like beer, right? You know, does that make it any less valid? Does it make it any less uh, interesting or any less delicious? And in, and in the case of King's Brewing. I definitely don't think it makes it any less interesting or delicious. Uh, the fact that it doesn't necessarily taste what I traditionally consider beer to be. So I really want to continue to to push myself that way. And whenever somebody like tells me about a new style or like, again, like the sour Michelada thing, right? Like anytime I hear that sort of thing now, like on my uh, sour best sours of 2020 list, when I was in Tucson, there was a mushroom sh- sour, you know, and when they told me that it was a mushroom flavored sour, I was like, hmm. well, I, I guess I have to try it, huh? Yeah. You know, and it was really good, you know? So I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think that's one of my shortcomings as a beer consumer that I continue to try to like push myself beyond. And whenever I see people trying to expand it, even if it's something that I'm skeptical of or something that I normally don't like, if they tell me it's their best thing, 
I'm going to give it a shot. I may not like it, but if it works, then they get all the more credit for it. And that's Kings definitely deserves that for, for this brand here. I'll, I'll respect that. I'll respect that for sure. I feel like I've lost all my credibility now. <laughs> I feel like my barrel-aged people are like, what are you doing? You know, I had like, I had a couple of fruited sours on my best sour list and I looked at my previous years and there were like none. And I was like, oh no, I've totally like sold out to like the smoothie sour people. But like, I mean, it's not that, but like if, if, if I've had three or four smoothie sours out of let's say the 25 that I've tried or whatever that were, that were really good, then I, then they deserve the praise. Well, I'll I'll just, I'll just continue it down that road then for my number five pick. Oh boy. Oh wow. This this just aligns perfectly. Uh, This beer is called puff pastry. It's from air lodge brewing. It's a 12% Imperial stout with cocoa nibs, vanilla, and marshmallow. This was released on 420 as part of their best buds day that they do every year as a collaboration between uh, Mo of craft beer Kings. And it's just a, uh, a very fun beer that they produce for a very fun event. And this beer is it's dark as hell. Like this is this pours black as night and it has the most, appetizing head on it like it's hard to describe it but it's like it's this very cocoa dark brown head that is like extremely fluffy right on top so i was just i was i was just uh drawn into this beer just from the appearance of it which i think from a stout is somewhat unique um but yeah on the taste just roasty not overly sweet like when you think vanilla and marshmallow and cocoa nibs in a stout, you're thinking this adjunct combo is going to push the sweetness level over the edge, but it was, uh, it was sweet, but relatively restrained for what you were expecting. And then at 12%, just no alcohol booziness whatsoever. It had a great roastiness, a great chocolate profile. Um, yeah, I I'm salivating thinking about it. I've actually held a can in my beer fridge um, this can has outlasted every other can that's in the fridge right now. This has been in there since the summer and, uh, it's this beer and I, I don't know what I'm holding it on for, but I think about it every single gonna, week. You're going to crack it open to celebrate the, uh, the child's arrival. Maybe so. I don't know. It'll be the, it'll be the first, just give, give the baby a little, like, like a little drop. It'd be like a little like put put your finger in it and do like the little like baby's first beer. <laughs> the, the next release is gonna happen before the baby comes. So I'll, I'll do true. the two variants side by side. There you go, and be like, all right, baby, point to the thing. You know, right? You, you, you barely understand where you are. The light frightens and confuses you, but discern between these two beers. Exactly. Um, yeah, great beer. Yeah. Great beer. I love Air what Air Lodge is doing uh, all across the board. And their stout program. I'll, I'll take this moment to uh, promote their Stouts Honored Society. Um, mm. They have a membership program. It's all stouts. They are all uh, kind of adjunct stouts, very aerology. So if you think like camping outdoors, like campground style stouts, uh, marshmallow, uh, cinnamon, chocolate, vanilla, um, very just on trend with what people want in stouts these days and they're high ABV. They're 11, 12, 14%. Um, I was a member this past year, a great batch of stouts that came out. So I highly recommend if you're into stouts, 
Uh, Aero Lodge, I think, I mean, they're out there, but I think they fly a little bit under the radar in the Stout game at least. So, um, so yeah, definitely check them out. And they're sitting there at number five for me. That was this is a memorable memorable beer. I drank this uh, at the end of April or beginning. I think end of April. So this thing has made it a lasting impression Damn, on me for yeah. several months. Yeah, you've been sitting on it. Um, yeah, my one of my great uh, regrets as an LA beer drinker is I have yet to enjoy the Aero Lodge tap room. Mm-hmm. Every uh, it was on my to do list. I think for March, right when it closed down, um, really beginning of April, whenever that was. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed everything I've had from them. Covina is a long way from me, yeah. um, but they're very high on my to drink list. And yeah, I, I don't know that I've had a scout from them. So that's that's they're really good. On my radar, really yeah. good. Yeah, I believe it. Well, speaking of stouts, speaking of really good stouts, uh, and speaking of the brewery that we're both drinking from right now, I'm going to go number four here, uh, Highland Park Brewery. Uh, one of the last great social drinking beer days that I got to experience was their Griffith J. Griffith Day. Yeah. Uh, where I was there first thing in the morning. <laughs> and I tried every variant. <laughs> I was there the whole time. I uh, Emily was not there. She was out of town. So I just went by myself with my computer, just planning on like writing all day and drinking Griffith J. Griffith all day. And instead, uh, I struck up conversations with the people around me who had more or less come to do the exact same thing. Uh, what's my boy's name? Ethan? I, I, met a, I met a dude there who was super nice. Maybe he's listening to this. Uh, I met a couple of people. Um, and we just ended up talking a lot and drinking this beer and talking about how great it was. It was basically impossible to pick which of these variants I would choose. I ended up going with, again, this, I feel like this, maybe this is a credibility killer here, but like the Fluffernutter Griffith. Um, now it's just on brand. Now it's just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, what's, what's you're, the, you're a pastry boy. You're a pastry oh, boy. Pastry boy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> oh boy. I can't wait for my number one to hit. Yeah. Huh? He's changing um, his Instagram bio right now. <laughs> pastry boy. What's so funny though, is I, I actually really like that you said that <laughs> because maybe my least favorite type of beer is the overly sweet stout, like yeah. the ones that don't like, like this is the forget fruited sours for a minute. If you have like a pastry stout, that's bad. It's really bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a bad pastry stout sucks. Yeah. Like a bad, a bad fruited sour. I'm just going to taste it and be like, hey, it's like fruit mush. It's like, okay, I get it. Whatever. It's fine. I don't care. But like a bad pastry stout is like, I literally don't want another sip of that thing. It's really, <laughs> really bad. Because usually and they're like 15%. So you're like, they're 15%. Let's move on. They're so sugary. They're so sickly syrupy. Sweet. Yeah. I know that I know that I end up saying like the word overwhelming on my website all the time. Mm. But like so often in a lot of these pastry stouts with like the big flavors and a lot of variants and whatever, you will find the sickly sweet stuff the 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 one where like they put 
let's say it was a fluffer nutter. They put the marshmallow in it. The marshmallow overwhelms the stout base, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever. That's definitely something that I find a lot with these pastry stouts. And I shy away from that style a lot unless it's a place that I inherently trust. And Highland Park is obviously one of those places that just makes an absolute banger pastry stout. I think you've kept the listener on edge. You haven't revealed it yet. Oh, I, I did. I said Fluffer Nutter Griffith. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I said it earlier. Okay, cool. Yeah, the Fluffer Nutter, even though it sounds so silly to say, um, <laughs> I mean... I just wanted you to say it again. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, you got the coffee, you got the peanut butter, which is such a dangerous ingredient to play with in stouts, too. I mean, right. you, want, you want to talk about, like, ingredients that can come across chemically, um, peanut butter is a big one and I love peanut butter in real life. So I, I always try the peanut butter stouts like everywhere. And so often I get burned. Uh, but yeah, like coffee, peanut butter, vanilla. I mean, just you read about fluffernutter stouts at a lot of places. They'll, they'll advertise it as such. Is um, fluffernutter the thing with the banana in it too? Yes. Question mark. I thought those, the fluffernutter sandwich was like a banana Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong actually. I I think there's some there's like some marshmallow in there. Yeah, there's marshmallow. Yeah, that's it. That's um, it wait, I'm I'm double checking this maybe it's right not now. Banana. I is... so I went to Griffith J Griffith Day. Um, yeah. but I went at night, and so you were long gone. You were probably passed out by the time I got I, there. I probably was. This and... does not have banana. Okay. There was there was they a had banana one. Griffith, yeah, they had one, which with was banana. also which was also pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so by the time I got there, they were out of fluffernutter. They're out mm. of the banana. They're out of most of the variants. I think sure. I had like maybe two or three different variants when I got there. Um, so I didn't get the full Griffith experience, but the base beer itself and just the concept behind so the good. beer, the barrel aged beer. Um, it's just so good. Tristero Coffee, got to gotta give a shout out to Greg at Tristero, who just does an incredible job. Um, always look forward to this release every year. This is um, this is a quintessential like LA stout, in my opinion, because For they sure. do like the non-barrel age version. So it's this like imperial stout with coffee. Then they do the barrel age. Then they do all these crazy adjuncts. Like this is the most fun thing. I guess it's like the closest that like, you can get to what Bottle Logic does with like some of their stuff, um, sure. but I think, I think that's that's. I think fair. Highland Park that's might fair. be a little better personally, but um, I think to each his own. Yeah, there's there's another stout place that I'm going to talk about later in the list uh, as a <laughs> teaser. Um, but uh, in terms of pure, like only rooted in LA places, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Highland Park. Um, more or less has it on lock. I feel like I'm combing my brain to see if there's anything else. Yeah, I'm, you didn't get any of the variants because I drank them all. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I got those cans. Uh, Greg from Tristero Coffee, hi, I don't know you. Be my friend. <laughs> Be my friend. Your coffee uh, is terrific. Uh, the beer that comes from your coffee 
even more so. I don't even drink coffee, uh, and I think that what you do is sublime. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, the guys at Highland Park, I could have easily put Timbo Pills at number four. Yeah. Uh, I strongly considered it, but, like, I didn't feel like it had the same, like, story that yeah. the Fluffernutter had. Uh, and, you know, Timbo Pills is going to be somebody, something that contends for the top spot every year. Yeah, you know, well, the, the thing, the cool yeah. thing about Timbo is that this beer they're putting out every two months now, like they're, they're putting, putting this beer so out like really, really quickly. Yeah, um, this is the, o- this, awesome. that's the only beer you go to. You go to breweries and you see like breweries put out shirts for the specific beers, and you're like, who who buys that? You know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. Friends, friends of the brewers, like who's buying like for a random like beer? We bought a Timbo Pill shirt for Emily. I mean, yeah, like it was, it was a Christmas gift for her last year. Yeah, and cool. so we've, we've got a great picture of her w- drinking Timbo pills and her Timbo pills tea, just kicking yeah. it, you know? Um, but yeah, this year that Griffith day experience, especially because it was right before everything shut down basically. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Month, I remember that a month prior to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so few communal beer experiences we had this year. Juicy Brews is definitely one of them. Griffith day was another yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely treasure that and, and savor that this year. And there Love were so it. many great beers there. And Fluffernutter was, if I had to choose one gun to head, that's, that's the pick. That's cool. That's cool. I dig that a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm going to bring it into my number four pick. Wow. We finally cracked the top five. Um, so this one is my uh, gratuitous this outside is, this LA. Is the Park one. Yeah. 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 So this one's uh, Ennegrin in Moore Park, who just needs so much love. Uh, not that they don't get it, but like I, I think they're still so under the radar um, as a German lager brewery. Like they really they produce a couple different ales, but everything for the most part is like German inspired, German style loggers and so this one was a really special one that they did in late april so every april they do a collaboration beer uh to celebrate the anniversary of reinheitsgebot and so this year they did a collaboration with the uh the lager masters in denver bierstadt lager house in denver came out to moore park and they brewed this Pilsner, which is a uh, 4.7% uh, German-style Pilsner, but brewed with all American ingredients. So they released this beer in late April. And uh, if you can dream up your um, your picture-perfect dream boat of Pilsner, this is the beer. Like from the can design, from the way it poured from the way it smelled and the way it tasted. This beer was so damn good. Um, you had a, a nose. So some, I think sometimes with the German style pills, you get maybe a little too much sulfur or you get like a little too much nothing at all. This beer had like a great, like kind of uh, crackery malt character. It had a delicious spicy hop character from some good noble American grown noble hops. And then just clean, crisp, delicious like everything you want out of a a beer like that in late april when uh, essentially we're in los angeles like summer is all the time so uh, <laughs> right. in late april like that beer was just very very welcomed 
And uh, for anyone that hasn't, I mean, you've you've been to Bierstadt Lagerhouse, right? I've not, no. I've not. As the beer travel to. guide. All right. So, uh, dude, so put that I, in, dude I, there are so many places in this put world. It, put, well, put that at the top of your list then. I mean, Denver's got to be back up there. Yeah. It's high on my list. Aerolodge is high on my list. Uh, Burning Daylight is high on my list. No, Bierstadt in Denver. Oh, in Denver. Oh, uh, no. But yes, I've heard great things yes. about. So, so oh, this I is... thought you were talking about Ennegrin, uh here, which I have Oh, no, you it. should go there for sure. But like, yeah, Bierstadt is like a world. Yeah. Like at, at GABF, all the brewers go to Bierstadt and drink. Like that's the place. They're the kings of the slow pour Pilsner where they have the yes. special tap and you have this like really fluffy head on the pills. Um, they just kill it. So when they came out and did this collab, <laughs> it was like, it was the only time a, a lager produced in the LA area had any type of hype. Like this beer was hype in yeah. like late April, early May. It was Sick. super cool to see. It was even better to drink. And uh, it's not going to, I guess it's not going to come back again because it's like a rotating collab. So uh, yeah, just keep your eye on Ennegrin, I guess, and then head out to Bierstadt when yeah. you're in Denver. When I, when I was at GABF last year, uh, 2019, I guess I should clarify. Uh, I don't know when people will listen to this. I, I remember <laughs> after a day of trying what must have been 80 beers or whatever so many yeah. different beers in a day all of the uh all the beer influencers all went to Bierstadt afterwards <laughs> and i remember looking at their feed and looking at the pilsners and being like man that looks so good if i hadn't had 80 beers today and there weren't <laughs> a ton of very attractive, very loud people uh, drinking there. I would go there in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I was too drunk and I was not hot enough, especially being drunk. I was not remotely hot enough. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's high on my list. It's very, very high on my it's really cool. list. It's Ennegrin's high, uh, uh, high on my list of, of stuff in this general area. I, I yeah really like what they're about i just have not made it because again it's it's pretty far but yeah. i've been to places that are further away so that's not an excuse well this is the thing this is the thing with ennegrin you can either make it like your only place to go or you do the like um south ventura county thing where you yeah. cruise all the way up there off the 118 and yeah. then you cruise down and hit up like institution and Casa Agria and like you can do yeah, 14 yeah. cannons down there and things like that. So I've done I've done that trek, but it, in Ennegrin I got to go north up the thing yeah. and then I go. It takes yeah. you a good hour out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that's why I passed that up. I feel like if I do that, I've got to like that's my destination. You know, I've yeah, got to yeah. like go there for that. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's totally on my list uh, because I I like what they stand for. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, so yeah, that's my number four. That was such a good beer um and i think a lot of people would agree that that beer got a lot of love so yeah what yeah. do you got number three all right am i allowed to swear on this podcast yeah swear it up okay now before i even say that the the runner up for best uh beer in the la area with a swear word in the title uh has got to be paperback paperback brewings what the fuck yeah. Uh, which I thought was a really great West Coast IPA. Uh, one of my favorite West Coast IPAs from LA County for the year. 
Um, and I'm really excited to see what they continue to put out. I've not had enough of their stuff largely because we just haven't had a lot of time with tap rooms open, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to continue to see uh, what they're about. But my number three was my favorite uh, beer in LA County with a swear word in the title. Uh, and that's fuckified from Celador ales. Nice. Uh once again, I mean, with Dry River also, to some extent, I could have picked so many different Celador Ales, Sours. Um, I want to say you you have one on your list without spoiling it's anything. At, it's at number three also. What's Which one is yours? Moss. Okay, great. Uh, that's a good <laughs> one, too. Uh, I thought about Murex, uh, which is boysenberry and honey, uh, which also is super great. Uh Fuckified, I got a uh, a crowler, uh, not a crowler, a growler of it, which like was intimidating at the time <laughs> because getting like a growler of insanely puckery but incredibly rich sour is is quite an investment because you know yeah. you want to get through it, um, and sometimes those those beers can tend to be a bit more uh, sippy, but this one, I mean, the Masamoto peach pit wild ale i mean like anytime celador has a collab with masamoto it's always a banger like top mm-hmm. to bottom there's no reason to not get it uh the stone fruit flavor obviously in this unreal uh the the sour i mean you know me i i like my sours to smack me in the face a little bit like i don't i don't want it i don't want like that like little like like wimpy pucker you know i want like the like the what is it warhead logo i want that right. joint you know what i mean <laughs> i want that going on right so um yeah fuckified we we blazed through that uh growler and then we ate a bunch of tums and it was uh it was great i mean like and and obviously uh kevin and sarah make some of the best beers if not like maybe the best beers in la potentially i mean like i I have a a friend who uh needed a bunch of sour beer for uh his wedding and like it was the first place i i was like go there buy as many bottles as you can go 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 Mm -hmm. um i just uh i can't stop recommending them enough uh it's a real shame that they weren't able to do sour friends fest uh this year which is one of my favorite uh, sort of a beer festival events in LA of the calendar year for the last couple of years. Uh, it's always incredible. And they always have such incredible, they have, they've had like beet flavored sours, obviously the carrot King, their carrot yeah. sour is unreal. I mean, I, I, I could put it on this list for, for degree of difficulty alone. You know what right. I mean? Like uh, I could rave about them all day, but Celador is one of those places that, you know, you want to talk about places that you don't want to see close. You want to talk about places that like require yeah. support and they're, and they're so niche that, you know, uh, you really need to go. If you're somebody who likes sours, if you have ever thought after drinking a sour beer, I like sours, make the trip to North Hills, go to Celador Ales, buy just, buy just a bottle. Because if you buy a bottle, you're going to be back and you're going to buy a, several more bottles. I mean, like, yeah, uh, it's, and I think they, I think they deliver now. I think they ship uh, a, pr- a pretty wide, uh, they got a pretty wide berth going. Yeah. Most of California, I think they cover at some point in the month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that just makes it that much easier for you to get this 
unreal top shelf beer. I've got, I've got a bar in my place now where there's three shelves where I put a lot of my bottles and the top shelf, I kid you not, is nothing but Celador Ales bottles. Just. I saw a picture shared somewhere where I saw the, <laughs> that bar and I zoomed in to see what you had yeah, and yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of Celador and I was so like, that makes sense there, because dude. my bar yeah. is the exact same way. My, all my Celador is yeah. uh, hidden dark behind a, like a door. It's probably uh, smarter. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, but it, it's there and it's, uh, yeah, we're keeping it. So yeah, that we'll just transition right into my number three, which is also Celador yeah. Ales. This is Moss, uh, their collaboration with uh, Masamoto Farms, which you said um, earlier, they do a lot of beers with Masamoto Fruit. And this beer is um, a little bit more, um, I think, hands-on with uh, David Masamoto, the grower there at the farm. Uh, he, 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 uh, they do this late harvest, um, apricot, this late, late harvest apricot Mm -hmm. that he does specifically for them and they get that. And then they distribute that out to other breweries to use too, but it's kind of like their special thing. And so this beer they do, and this was released in late May, um, incredible sour, like just. I mean, I talk a lot about balance and this beer has a ton of balance. Um, and we also talked a lot about like distinguishable characteristics and we were speaking about that in terms of hazy IPA, but mm. um, Celador has a very distinguishable yes. wild barrel-aged beer um, taste and flavor. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, tropical fruits, sweet tarts, lemon rind, slightly floral, Got a little bit of that oak that they always do with a little touch of vanilla and not overwhelming on the acidic side of things. And uh, they always tune up their carbonation. So when you pour a Celador beer, um, that beer is bubbling straight into your nose, um, yeah. which is a, a, such an incredible experience. So I and, not, to- and, and, and underappreciated in the bottled barrel-aged sour beer game. I think we've all had... Yeah sour beers that we still felt were delicious that didn't really have that effervescence yeah uh which really just sends you to the next tier up you know yeah. what i mean they they put a lot of a lot of thought into that and uh yeah kevin does an awesome job i tasted this beer with him um on a video earlier this year so if you guys are interested and want to see more about that because it was a really fun experience having him talk through the fruit and the beer and the process and all that um, check out our YouTube, IGTV, nice. and all that stuff. It's all there. And that Hit was them with the plugs. One. Hit them with the plugs. I yes. can plug every single beer, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I wrote I, – I just checked my spreadsheet because I <laughs> – and this goes back to what I said earlier about how, how Gary always has, like, really thoughtful, like, detailed, rich things to say versus my approach. In my spreadsheet, I give it, like, the top marks that I would give. And then I wrote really, 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 really great. <laughs> that's the only note i have written next to moss really really i don't say what flavors i don't say any of the other stuff yeah i i think your note about the distinctiveness of uh the celador sour is really great also i think in the same way that you could do the hazy test with monkish and and highland park and mumford and whatever you could do a sour test with celador and dry river and beechwood blendery 
Mm, and nice, and like also have a similar uh, distinctive yeah. uh, flavor to all of them where you could be like, yes, that's this, that's this, that's this. And they're all absolutely smack you in the face, bangarooskies. That sounds fun. Yeah, this, this whole like blind taste test of L.A. stuff sounds like a great way to just get super drunk. I know, right? <laughs> um, on very, very delicious beer. All right, uh, my number two. People number are still two. listening, even though this has been like however long it is. But God bless you if you're still here. Um, number two. Now, I want to. I want to. I want to. I, I feel like I want to say that my number one does come from modern times before I say my number two. Okay. Be- and here's why, because technically I bet my number one is potentially not necessarily brewed in Los Angeles. Okay. Maybe like, I, I don't know that for a fact. I, I, I bet you might have the Intel here, but I, I don't, you know, um, they didn't but brew I, much in downtown in 2020. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't think so. Right. Um, but I know that you could get your hands on this here. And so yeah. I, I put it at my number one, but in terms of what I would say, my definitively, definitely brewed in LA number one would be, that's why I wanted to caveat here. Got it. Okay. So this is your number two slash number one. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And this is one that I've talked about with you a bunch before. So I don't think you're going to be overly surprised here. Uh, Smog City Coffee Porter. Ooh, okay, like and it. and yeah, and here's why. I mean, this is this is a rant I've given Gary a number of times. So this is just for you, the listener. Uh, I think this is the best, most consistently great beer that you can get on a wide scale in Los Angeles. Period. I don't think there's any better LA beer than Smog City Coffee Porter. I, I, I can't count how many times I've bought it. <laughs> I can't count how many times. It is an absolute standby in my house. Um, I, it tastes like it's got the good coffee flavor. It's got, the, I mean, I, I feel like I don't even need to go into the flavor. I, I feel like you know the flavor. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably had Smog City Coffee Porter at some point. And again, you might be thinking like, oh, but like Russell, I can get this in the grocery store. Like what's like, where's like the good shit? You know, like, where's the like, it's like, dude, don't sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't sleep. I, I can't tell you how many brewers, because I had, I guess, more conversations with brewers this year than I've ever had. And one of the things that they talk about aspiring to more than anything else is that is that degree of consistency. Mm-hmm. That idea that if there's a beer that's on the shelf at a bottle shop, for X number of weeks, months, that when you taste it, then it will taste as good as it tasted then. Right. Um, I spoke to, again, I, I'm going to bring up this conversation I had with the guy from mother road in Flagstaff. Cause I think it applies here. He said he aspires to the Budweiser methodology. And I, and my like craft beer, uh, like red sirens were like uh, going off. And I was like, right. what does that even mean? He was like, because if you get, a Budweiser in Japan or in Germany or in Chile or in America or wherever in Antarctica, it doesn't matter. It's going to taste like a Budweiser. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can make it so your beer tastes that good consistently for long periods of time, anywhere you might get it, then you know that you've come across something really special. And I know that if I send a coffee porter to, to a friend in Florida or to a friend in Australia or to a friend wherever, it's going to taste like a coffee porter. Mm-hmm. It's going to taste the same way that the coffee porter in my fridge tastes. 
And that's the first part of my rant is that like, I, I think that there's something to be said for consistency that goes, that goes woefully, woefully underappreciated uh, in w- when people are talking about what, what are the best beers. I've, I've had probably 15 coffee porters this year or more. I mean, like, am I really going to put something else? That's like a hype beer that I, that I had once um, <laughs> above it, even though I technically did, but like, but, but is it something that I'm going to be as, as, as passionate about telling people to go get, right? I, I don't know that that's the case. What I think we're all thinking is what is the second half of the rant? The second half of the rant, which you've also heard before, <laughs> <laughs> Gary's just setting me up. He's being such a great uh, like host here, just knowing where I'm going with it and just wanting to like just take me there. He's he's the Johnny Carson to my uh, I don't know carrot top. I don't know who I would be. You know, put, put me up, put me on whatever tier. You know, I don't know that there's a brewery in Los Angeles that gives you better bang for your buck than Smog City. There you like go. Uh, if if we were talking earlier about the importance of outreach, the importance of uh, affordability, the importance of having not just great quality product, but also making it so that people other than the people who want to spend tons and tons of money on beer the way that I do, you know, like I also don't love spending tons and tons of money on beer. I will, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. And and I'm in a, in a very, very privileged position to be able to spend that sort of money. Uh, many people are not, but many people do want to put their money back into the community. So I think if you're able to have those sorts of beers that uh, empower the members of the community to give back to you and, and, and you have the possible avenue to sing their praises the way that I potentially do, then, then that's a really important thing. Because like I can't tell you when I went and bought four packs from Smog City recently, and there were IPAs for... F- Four pack of IPAs, sixteen ounce cans, fourteen dollars. Wow. Coffee porter, four packs of sixteen ounce coffee porter cans, thirteen dollars. Wow. I got uh, their sour beer, Snuggle Bug, which was mm-hmm. incredible, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of like a, most breweries would charge like eighteen plus for a three hundred seventy five milliliter bottle. You can get a five hundred milliliter bottle of Snuggle Bug for ten dollars at Smog City. Like I, I look, I'm not a businessman. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how they make that work, but I think that is something that, that deserves all of the absolute praise in the world. The fact that they are giving us hype beer quality with the affordability of, of something that's, that's the same price that I would spend at a grocery store to get craft beer for. Um, that that to me is that's why Old Rasputin by North Coast is always on my best of list every year. You can get a whatever four pack of that for ten bucks, and it's one of the great you know Russian Imperial mm-hmm. Stouts in California. Like if if you can pull that off and make it consistent and make it great, then then you deserve thousands of caps tipped in your direction. Yeah. And like Smog City is right next to Monkish, and I love Monkish too. This is not a slam at Monkish because their stuff is more expensive and because their stuff is more hype. Like, you know what? You've earned the hype. It's very, very delicious. But Smog City is right next door, and if you're not also stopping at Smog City when you're stopping at Monkish, then you are really, really missing out because their beer across the board. I mean, how many of those things have you had, Gary? 
right? You've had like uh, so many of their standbys. You've probably had numerous times, right? And right. they've got they've got their their IPA series that they've been doing recently. I don't remember yeah. the name. The one that I just had it was called like Fields of Lightning. It was great, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, they do, I, I they do a really good job, and I think uh, I think if if someone's listening this far, you've kind of like you, you're not really like preaching to the choir. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like this is a call to action. Like, hey, remember what you had in the early days and that it's still really good. Like for me, yes. I haven't had coffee Porter in a very long time. And I'm kind of like, dude, I need to get coffee. And now it's in cans yeah, yeah. too. So it's, dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, this is a, I think it's a, a, I think it's a, a reminder. Cheap. I think it's, I don't know per ounce, whether it's still a little cheaper in the bottles. Um, but I was just yeah, I appreciating know. the fact that it's in the can so that then I can send it to some of my friends yeah. who I've been telling about when they're like, what's your favorite, like, beer in LA strong city coffee porter is almost always the thing that I go for first. Yeah. I mean, um, I gave it, I gave coffee or I gave, I gave the, the $10 sour to my most hardcore sour snob friend recently. Oh, really? And he tried, and he tried it immediately. He was like instant five stars. He's like, what is oh, this? this? Like, huh. is this Celador? Like who, like who is this? Cause that's not a you know barrel aged beer. That's a, that's a kettle sour beer. That's a tank sour. Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know how, again, like I, I'm, I'm it's not, a good beer. I'm not saying it's bank. a bad beer. It's a great yeah, yeah, yeah. beer. It's a fruited it, sour, it, sour. Then, then I, then I tell you what it fooled the guy who, if I told today, I didn't know that that's hilarious because this guy, if I told him it was a kettle sour beforehand, he would have tossed the glass yeah. before consuming this it. is like old school kettle sour like this is what it used to be before it's what it is today it's not it's not chemically no. it's not it's not overly like like the fruitiness it's not like you're just tasting puree right it's not it's, it doesn't have any of the things that i feel like are the trademarks of the kettle no, it's, sour. it's a great beer it's a great beer yeah, yeah for sure um so yeah, I go back to that small, and I and I know that Gary, you're you're a big advocate. I think you've got I don't know if it's your number two or number one. I know you got El Segundo on here. Yeah, you know I I, I definitely did a pass through this year, like the Citra and the Mayberry, and some of the some of the old standbys there also. You know, Naughty by Three Weavers is another like like I feel like there's a there's an appreciation for the the great standard la beers that when we talk about the best stuff maybe maybe goes underappreciated so i wanted to make sure i had something like way way high on my list that was something that and again i did not consume any other beer this year more than smog city coffee porter so Hmm. if that doesn't make you near or at the top of my list then like what am i then why am i writing like you should have led with that that's that's telling that's the argument right there wow yeah, wow. I, I can't think of a single one. Like when I go to Blackbeard's Crafts on Sawtell, my absolute favorite bottle shop, and uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've just like walked by the like the fridge and I saw it there and I was like, I'll throw it in the mix. Like it doesn't all <laughs> that way. I've just got it around at all times, and then I've got all the beers that I bought at Blackbeard's, but then I see that coffee porter. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start with that. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it that's always how it goes routinely. Awesome. Anyway, I love it. I love it. There's uh, my rant. Rant yeah. over. We got we got to pass the I'm game. into it. I'm into it. Um all right, I'm going to jump into Wait, that was your number 2. This is my number 2. Yeah. Um this one is Highland Park Competition IPA. 
This mm. beer was uh, this is an interesting beer because this was first released in February. Is this your this is your first type? This is your first Highland Park? Um, uh, yeah. This is my oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was about to say I was just making sure we were doing just one a piece. Yeah, yeah. This brewery. is my first okay, Highland good. Park. So yeah, this one was released actually earlier this year on draft um, for LA IPA Fest in February. One of the last mm. beer events that um, the Hopped LA team ever did. And <laughs> uh, we had multiple people. I tried that beer that day. Uh, multiple, I have people doing reviews. We did a video of that entire event and it kind of flew under my radar. Like I didn't, there were so many IPAs and I just, I didn't pay attention. They canned it in mid-August, 7.6% uh, with Mosaic, Citra, Strata, 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 and Simcoe. Um, and this was another one, uh, Strata hopped beer that just um, completely delivered um, from what someone that uh, that I respect in the LA beer scene described it as a great mashup of Hello LA and One Up. So two of Highland Park's like uh, legendary West Coast IPAs. Um, this beer was super unique. Um, in my opinion, what Strata brings to the table is strawberry, like fruit, leaves, stem, the entire strawberry, not just the, the fruit side of things, but the greenery side of it as well, um, which is what I love about it. This beer had pineapple, orange peel, a little bit of pine, and then was super dry with some nice bitterness on it too. Um, I can't wait for this beer to come out again. Competition was so good and Highland Park's amazing. So they're number two. That's it. Yeah. I know, I know you've said before and I, and I tend to agree that, that Highland Park is, you know, maybe one of the, if not the most round, well-rounded brewery in LA, like one of yeah. the first places you tell anyone of any style um, who have any preference, yeah. you tell them to go there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, their triple IPAs uh, that they came out with this year were just really, really great. Um, Electric Living, which they came out with recently, I, I thought was awesome. And then they, I forget what medal they won at Great American Beer Fest for Sugar on My Tongue. They won bronze um, for double, I, double Hazy. Yeah, there you go. I knew you would. See, this is why I'm on this show, Gary. I don't, I don't remember the things. I'd just be like, Oh, they did a thing and I can't remember. And Gary's like, boom, gotcha. Um, I thought that was really good too. Yeah. Um, good yeah. I mean, they're just, they, they slam dunk it every time. They're so just good. monsters. Yeah. They could have been number one and uh, number yeah. one was just a tad better. And I explained it to you before we jumped on this and I'll explain it in a sec. Give me your number one. It's, I know we know it's modern times. Yeah. So modern times, um, I just think their barrel program and like some of and their their stout program in general, the stuff that they do with their stouts is unreal. Um, I, I definitely feel like I consume fewer of their sours and IPAs over time. I don't know why that is. I don't know whether that's just because I always want to order the stouts or whether it's because you know maybe just my my taste has shifted slightly. Uh, I could also tell a modern times IPA in our taste test for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but their stout program is second to none. I mean, like I, I can't, the Griffith J Griffith is incredible 
and it competes. It definitely competes. But like, you know, I went to the Carnival of Caffeination in February uh, this year uh, at Modern Times in San Diego, and I, I would go to the Dankness Dojo with frequency uh, when it's open. Uh, first of all, the food is incredible if you've never been. The food is unreal, uh, which also really helps. But um, I could have put a number of stouts from Modern Times on my list, but when I had this beer, I think I turned to Emily and I was like, I don't think I'm going to have a better beer this year, period. Like, not just in L.A., but in California, in America. I was like, this is unbelievable. And that's the MT Ultra Coconut 2020. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I have a broad idea that like the monsters parks get hype and the empty ultras get hype. And like, I understand that, but I didn't know at the time, the extent to which the coconut was considered an absolute grand slam this year. Yeah. Uh, and so I had it, I, I, I asked the, uh, I asked the lady and I, and I got it. They're like, yeah, get the coconut. I was like, dope. I'm in. I had it. I turned to Emily. I was like, this is the best. I looked it up on Untapped. It's at a 4.79 on Untapped, mm. which people who use Untapped for research understand that if you see anything above a 4.5, it's like a unicorn. And this is up near a 4.8. Oh. That's beyond unheard of. That basically means that everybody and their cousin who's had this beer has thought, well, that's an obvious five. That's wow. an incredible beer. Um, how to describe it? I mean, uh, again, if you've had Modern Time Stouts, you understand that they do world-class work there. The smoothness of this is great. It's got the richest, like, toasted coconut flavor that I've ever had in a stout ever, period, uh, I mean, I think I wrote down in my notes that it was like drinking chocolate milk out of a like <laughs> grilled toasted coconut like wow. cup or whatever. Like I, wow, it it goes beyond description. I don't. I, I'm not going to do it justice, but you know, I I, I just they're. <laughs> I'm clearly I'm at a loss for words. I think that <laughs> the stuff that they do with their stouts is really, really great. I think that even when they go more of the pastry route, they very rarely misstep and go too sweet. Mm. And if anything, I think they tend to err on the other side where they they would prefer a bit more barrel and they prefer a a bit more of that in there, uh, which is good. That's the right choice. This one... I know we we say it to, like it toes the line or whatever, but even when we say that, maybe we're like it. Maybe it's a little bit more than this or whatever. But like when you're talking about fifty fifty sweetness, you know, like and the flavor and everything else. I mean, like, I I, I didn't have another beer this year anywhere from any place, any can, any bottle, anywhere where the second after I sipped it, I was like, I don't know that i've had a better beer this year period it was one of the it was one of the instant love affairs and uh yeah i remember like what i was wearing i don't remember what i was wearing (laughs) 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 but it would be cool if i did um i definitely did like turn to emily and i was like take a picture of me and then the other beer that i had had at that time the monsters park coconut nola coffee edition was another great entry in that i mean that could have if not been number one been a top two top three i mean like they're their their stout game is really among the best in the yeah. country. 
And um, I really love the Dankness Dojo. I think it's an incredible place to hang out. I think their food is amazing. The people there are really nice. I Um, hope it sticks around. I hope it sticks around too. Uh, the Anaheim location that opened up relatively recently yeah. uh, is also really cool um, and a great addition to a, a really great beer scene in Anaheim. Um, yeah, so tip of the cap to modern times and and the people who are in charge of their stouts because I just I I didn't want to go with like a coconut variant of a stout for my number one necessarily like this the. The, like, that was the made norm- outside of Los Angeles. <laughs> I know the normie guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. If if we're you talking ju- about beers, I had. It. If we're talking about beers I had in LA, this is number one. If we're talking about beers that were made in LA, then give all of my love in the world to the Smog City yeah. Coffee Porter. No, 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 yes. no. That's you justified it well. Um, that sounds amazing. That really does sound amazing. I I've heard uh, similar things from other people about that exact beer. So yeah, uh, yeah that's that's a thing. I think it's a phenomenon um, for uh, modern times in 2020. That's just a beer that you have to drink immediately because yeah, because stuff like coconut kind of can die off and stuff like that. So and I had a couple of the other MT Ultras yeah uh, this year and they were all very good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, right? But right. this was this was the, the one, yeah, like the one. capital T the capital O <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I, I'm I think this is the last one. Number one, we finally made it. We're two hours in, I think. <laughs> why are you still listening if you're still listening you're, you're running um, on a treadmill or something you're having you. yeah you're having a you're 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 exercising or you're on your way <laughs> about what beer you're gonna have later. i don't know what people do when they listen to this podcast but uh we're, we're gonna wrap <laughs> it up with my number one beer i've talked about it in several places throughout the year um this is one that came out in august this is Smooth Deep Blues from El Segundo Brewing Company. This was the first release in El Segundo's Tone series, uh, which has been going on throughout the latter half of 2020. And they really kicked this series off with a bang. 6.8% West Coast IPA featuring none, none other than Strata Hops. There you go. Plus a little Citra, plus a little Amarillo. Uh, this beer was just, it was fruity in the completely non-tropical way, which is what I was talking about, why I love Strata. It's berry, it's dank, it's citrus, but it doesn't have that like bright uh, tropical component, which I think I'm just getting over personally. And it's got yeah, a go, little it goes, bit of It goes dankness. berry more than the lemon and the pineapple and the, yeah. Yeah, for sure. and it's got yeah, some yeah. dankness to it too. So it kind of sure. balances out like, like strawberry with a little dankness with a little bit of uh, orange citrus too and a little lemon. So it's a really delicious uh, hop. And um, yeah, this beer was just a home run off the bat. What was really cool about this beer was because it was the first in this tone series, no one was really expecting it, including myself. So El Segundo released it and it's this dark blue can with like a guy on a surfboard, um, basically like sitting out in the middle of like a calm ocean. And so they've never released a beer that looked like that. Um, El Segundo's can design tends to be somewhat familiar. So this was a complete departure and this beer, like no one knew what to expect and it ended up being really delicious. And it kicked off a series of beers that continued on that same design motif. And all of them are really, really good. None of them lived up to the first release. I cannot wait 
for this beer to come back. I would bet that it does because it was a hit among a lot of different people that I saw um, around the beer community. So that's my number one. I haven't been able to stop talking about this for like six months. I can tell it was really good because it was one of the few El Segundo beers that you didn't share a can with me. So that, that clearly <laughs> indicates how good. Uh... Yeah, I was hoarding these cans. Uh, it was during a time when I wasn't drinking much. I was kind of like starting to yeah. kind of like take a little bit of a break. So I'd have a can and I was like, oh, I'm not going to share these. Like if I'm going to drink a beer, it's going to be that beer. And I was right. actually telling you before we started this, um, I didn't take a picture of this beer. I didn't post anything about this beer. I was like going through sure. all my stuff, trying to figure out like, what did I think about it in the moment? And I have no um, actually concrete recollection of what it was. So this is off top of the head, just pure impression from that moment in time. And uh, it that just... I think that tells it all. That's why it's number one. It's yeah. super, super good. Yeah. I feel like such a sellout for picking a modern times year for number one now. Um, <laughs> it's all right. It's bo both of them win. Um, yeah. I think that uh, El Segundo just, yeah, with the IPAs, I, I, I don't have anything of value to say that's beyond what you said, other than just, you want to talk about just consistent greatness, consistent great hop flavor, you know? Um, and again, when back to my smog city rant, things you can take for granted cause they're at the store. Yeah. You know, well, uh, I think for, sure. for me, like, um, uh, dedication to focus, you know, like not straying out and being distracted by trends. Um, knowing right. there's the no, boundaries. there's no Segundo milkshake IPAs. Right. Yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. the boundaries right. of like your brewing philosophy and experimenting within them instead of like, being lazy and being like, I'm just going to like try and do something completely different. Like uh, their tone series was a, a perfect example of experimenting within the boundaries that your brand allows yourself to play in. And I love that dedication. I love that, um, that willingness to put it out there and do something a little bit different um, in a way that some people might say, Oh, you're just doing that. That's four West coast IPAs you put out in the last three months. Um, why would you do that? And they're all broke, different. man. It's, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's really cool. There's a lot of uh, experimentation you can do in that style that I think as beer styles have expanded, um, people have forgotten how much you can play around with hot bills and malt bills and ABV right. um, body and things like that. So yeah, I mean, El Segundo, there's not too much more to say. Like I've talked about them constantly this year right. and they're number one. So uh, awesome. I love it. Well, I think most of the reasons why people can't do the things you just said is because most people aren't that good. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's not even a shot at like anyone in particular, but like it is really hard to make good distinctive beers in, in similar styles. I mean, even some of the great breweries out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that El Segundo probably occasionally falls victim to this too, where you can just have a beer and be like, this tastes like an El Segundo beer, or this tastes like a whatever beer, or this tastes mm -hmm. like a something. Sometimes things do blend together, but the places that are really strong, like El Segundo and like some of the other places, can find ways to play the same song but hit different melodies. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, I, again, without naming names, I, I'm sure you are familiar as I am with places that have closed specifically because they tried to branch out and do too many things rather than sticking to the thing that they're good at. 
Right. You know, and, and I know that goes against the whole like be adventurous thing that I ranted about with, you know, literally five, you know, spots ago, but like, <laughs> I think for the breweries themselves, I think if you've got something that you know you're really talented at and making sure that you can like play jazz within within that range, I think is there really- you go, right there. That's it. That's it yeah. right there. Um, so yeah, El Segundo's doing that and I super appreciate it. I know a lot of people do. And uh, yeah, that wraps up our top 10 list. Man, that was a marathon. Wow. That was. We I have to go to the it. bathroom so badly, Gary. Yeah, same here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm dying. So, yeah, yeah, let, I know. so I'm going to wrap it up. Normally I do a run through again of the top 10. I'm going to skip that. If you want to run through, you <laughs> rewind my friend. Um, so yeah, if you Russell, made it here, you know, already yeah. <laughs> Russell, thanks so much for joining, man. This was super fun. Um, I'm sure we'll do this again pretty soon. Uh, check out Russell, the beer travel If you want lists upon lists upon lists of everywhere that <laughs> If you're planning your 2021 beer travels already, which you probably should be because we're looking pretty good for that latter half of 2021 at least. Knock on wood, knock on wood, knock yeah, on wood. Yeah, we'll knock, yes, on, yes, we'll yes, knock yes. on wood, but uh, but Russell's making sure that you have uh, a little bit of a guide to get you to where you need to go. Um, and of course, if you want that LA guide, you're already there. You know where to look. Um, and by the time this podcast comes out, I think we pushed the new website live while we were on the air here. So um, Ooh, the new well, website, check it out. the new website is live, I think. Um, so, anyways, we got that new website. We got we got a lot of stuff coming up in 2021. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining Russell. Have a good night, man. This was fun. You too. Let's let's go sprint to the toilet together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Peace out, guys. Thank <laughs> you.